This is the Swampscott Public Library's Librarians by the Sea podcast, where we share our love of a good book with you. I'm your host, Caroline Margolis. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Librarians by the Sea podcast. I am your new host, Caroline. Today, we are interviewing the Bookscapades bloggers, Katie and Alex, and we're going to talk about King of Scars by Lee Bardugo. Hi, Hi guys. Hi. Hi. I'm Hi. Katie, and well, over there, we have Alex. Hi. And we're really <laughs> excited to be here today. Thank you for having us. Today, we will be talking about the King of Scars series, which is actually a spinoff of the Shadow and Bone series. Is that correct? Yes, that yes. is correct. What did you guys think of this book? Katie, why don't you start? Uh, I loved it, first off. It takes place uh, a couple years after the original Shadow and Bone series. And at this point, uh, you know these characters really, really well. All of them have been in either the original series, the other spinoff series, Six of Crows, um, or even both. And it just makes for some like major character development great plot twists which is everything you could want in a YA fantasy series here Alex Alex, how about you I'm gonna go off that it also has some romance which I always like that as a subplot I'm not really a romance reader but like I like having it in like an adventure story which is what this is there's a lot of angst between the characters And really, it's the characters for me. Like, Nikolai was my favorite in the Shadow and Bone trilogy. I love him. And then um, the other perspectives, you get Zoya and Nina are just strong female characters, which Katie and I love and love to read. Oh, yeah. So, like, just the characters for me is really what what does it. And the world building. Um, Bardugo does a great job of, like, creating this fantasy world for you to get sucked into. And what kind of fantasy is this world? Is there any like electronics there? Or is it just straight up middle ages fantasy? Um, I don't know if I would call it like middle ages. Like there's not really certain kinds of technology. Like they don't have like cell phones and stuff like that. But like they're like moving forward in this book about like, like they're creating like different weapons and like stuff like that. But a lot of it's like created by the magic that they use, which is they call the small science so it's not even they don't even really call it magic and it's uh like slightly elemental magic they have sort of wind magic and some people can change the way your face looks and other types of magic like that so not necessarily like spells and enchantments but definitely sort of like um like avatar the last airbender yeah that's what i was thinking yeah you have to be born with it yeah, you have to be born with it. Do you usually like magic in your YA fantasy series? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, that's the <laughs> preference here for our enjoyment is anything with magic. We're big fans of anything fantasy. Else not, yeah, yeah, very like, yeah. similar to real life. It's got to have an extra element yeah, to make it more interesting absolutely. for me. Why would I read about a life I could live right now? <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> We're all about the escapism here. magic and world building and all that stuff like that's what really draws us in and the whole series together we can 
escape into it and it's absolutely nothing like this world and you can do it for long periods of time which is always preferable (laughs) yeah i mean what are there now would this be the seventh book in the grishaverse uh i think so if you yeah exclude actually no because don't they have the lives of saints which was is like a bunch of short stories like so in the Shadow and Bone trilogy, the main character gets like a book and it would kind of be like equivalent to like fairy tales for us filled with like all, all their saints and all their stories. So she like actually wrote it and that just came out a couple months ago, I think. And then she has another like short story book that's like based in the Grishaverse, but it doesn't have any of the characters or anything. That one's called Something with Thorns. I have it on my bookshelf. I just haven't read it yet. So there's a lot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Whole uh, there's, universe. There's a uh, there's a sequel coming up for this book. What is it called? Rule of Wolves. The Rule of Wolves. And what are you guys looking forward to most in that book? For Nikolai to live happily ever after. <laughs> yeah. It I doesn't happen in YA fantasy. No. <laughs> Sometimes. Every once in a while you get it. But After most- a long, grueling <laughs> process of being tortured, Waiting sometimes they get a happy ending. Yes. After years and years and years of I do crying. think all the all three narrators in this book have been through like a lot. So I would like to see at least like one of them like get something good. Um, but yeah. just to see like where their stories end or end for this this series god knows yeah. you could write about them forever so mostly for me just seeing seeing how their stories wind up because they're all in very different places right now so it's kind mm-hmm. of interesting and this is only a duology so there's only gonna be two yeah. so this oh. is like the last in this little series yeah the first series was a trilogy and then she had another side series which was the six of crows and the original Shadow and Bone, Six of Crows, is going to be a Netflix show out in April, it's gonna be which awesome. we are very excited for. We are Russia and I to watch it. <laughs> have plans to sequester ourselves in a closed room with a TV for like however long it takes, eight, nine, 10, 12 hours, whatever it is, and watch the whole thing all at once. So yeah. we're very excited about that. And the Six of Crows was a duology, which really kind of was enough. Like she does oh, such yeah. a good job of tying up loose ends and finishing out stories that I'm not even upset by it. Of course, I want more time with them, but I just know it's going to be so well written that I'm not even worried. I'm and worried. for me in this, <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried about all the pain that it's going to cause us before we get to the end. Fun. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Uh, for me, we recently both just reread this book, which is kind of why we picked it uh, due to the upcoming excitement of the whole series with the Netflix show and this second installment of the series coming out and so we both reread it and uh I'm actually really excited so Nina is currently like in the midst of a infiltration of this like evil kind of court area royal court and I mean she's deep inside the court right now and I think she's gonna take down the whole thing from the inside I'm like really excited about it they need to be taken down they need, they hunt Grisha. So anybody with magic, they hunt down and like kill and enslave and do weird haunting experiments on. They're really kind of bad guys. <laughs> and she somehow got in the middle of it and is like, she's totally going to take the whole thing down. And I'm so excited. So pumped. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. 
yeah that sounds like a lot of fun okay. it, it really is uh what makes what makes this different from shadow and bone and six of crows well i think so six of crows was very much like a heist basically like they're trying like it's a group of like criminals and like thugs and stuff and they're trying to pull off this giant heist to like get a bunch of money and shadow and bone is like your typical like there's a chosen one and she's you know gonna solve all the problems with her magic powers but this this one it's got a lot of more like courtly drama I want to say like it's really focused on like the country of Ravka it's king and like how they're gonna get out of like this mess that they're in after the the civil war that finished in shadow and bone and like kind of rebuilding the country after that so it's definitely more world building I mean they're all from the same universe but it's more world building off of shadow and bone than Nasa Crows is yeah Yeah. I think so and I guess what I would say is different from the original is a big one for me is like you know all the characters already so though there is a ton of character development it's like these characters become so mature and you know them so well that it almost has a different feel to the book like you're no longer like you know Alina loves now it's like okay we already knew that <laughs> Zoya and Nikolai like totally had a thing and now we're just like waiting for it it's like just kind of different like you don't need to build those characters from the ground up. It's so much more, you get so deep into the characters that it's just different from Shadow and Bone, yeah. So with so many spinoffs and so many characters, do you feel like it's hard to keep track sometimes of who people are and what their motives are from book to book? Not like who the characters are, but I will say that I waited a long time between reading... um, Like, I read Six of Crows first because I did everything wrong. So then I went back and read the original trilogy before I read King of Scars because I was like, oh, that kind of seems like I would need to know what's going on. And I forgot that a major character died. Like, just completely forgot. And then when it came up again, I was like, oh, whoops. I forgot about that. But I think that was more of a, that was my fault than than the, the writing and the world building. I just read it like an idiot and forgot waited too long between books to know what was going on I did have a hard time from the end of Shadow and Bone series to reading King of Scars I had a couple momentary laps where I was like wait who is this person again but they were kind of more side characters but then you get to know them really well in this series like Tolia and Tamar were the two ones that I was like now where did we meet them the first time oh you forgot (laughs) how could you forget about them I I know I'm sorry I just was like so sometimes you get a lot of characters but I feel like once you're knee deep in something you know they become your family as well I also think Bardugo just does a good job in general because some of the lesser characters like one of the characters Nina's with I like recognized his name but I couldn't remember who he was and they kind of give you like a little bit of background and like through her memories of like experiencing the civil war and that kind of stuff like she does a good job of kind of reminding you who the characters are even if they didn't play a major role in the first couple books okay I always find that that's helpful in a series Mm -hmm. especially a long series oh yeah yeah and you find a lot of characters that were in the original Shadow and Bones, then weren't in Six of Crows, and now are coming back into the new King of Scar series. Like there are a lot of characters that come kind of full circle. So she definitely tries really hard to keep it sort of in that family, which is really nice. 
Now, I know that the second book hasn't come out yet, but so far in between Shadow and Bone, King of Scars and Six of Crows, which is your favorite series? Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> See, you go first, Katie, because uh, I got to think. <laughs> I know. And I know exactly why Brush is having a hard time with it. Um, I am going to have to say Six of Crows. I loved the original series. I loved sort of the drama aspect of everything that went on with there in there there was a real nice slow burn took all three books (laughs) to finally get there (laughs) there was some uh, bad choices that were just oh so good to experience (laughs) um out of all the books the third shadow and bone um Ruin and Rising was my favorite book, but overall, series-wise, Six of Crows was just down and dirty, good old-fashioned heisting and bad guys being bad and loving it. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Yeah, I, so I do have to say that I think the original trilogy was my least favorite of the three, even though it was really, really, really good. I still, like, the the main love interest I'm not a fan of him I didn't like him I understood why they ended up together or whatever but I just he was not for me he was not my my cup of tea but my dilemma comes because I love Nikolai he is one and Zoya too <laughs> the two of them are like one of my favorite characters like Zoya is just so like strong and independent and she's like so like a rough around the edges like she's not like a nice like female character that like people look for like she's tough and she's like not nice she won't be nice just because people want her to and I really like that and then Nikolai is just I'm biased but I think he's perfect (laughs) I love him but I do agree with Katie like Six of Crows like I like the heist aspect Kaz who is like one of the main characters he is like he's bad he knows he's bad like he doesn't pretend to be like nice or anything like that like he just is like straight up criminal and it's just like kind of refreshing to like read about a group of people that they have their morals and they'll follow them but like they're willing to do what they got to do to survive so it was like kind of fun like they're not looking to save the world no they just want to make make some quick money (laughs) and it's just it's fun to read because you don't usually get that it's something different so I think I'm gonna have to agree and say Six of Crows is my favorite they were and like all the relationships between all the different characters like Mm. there there was once again some romance but there's still like you get those good like friendships and stuff which like is kind of hard to come across I feel like in YA because everyone is focused on like romance as a subplot but like you get all the other different kinds of relationships and like there's a lot of like people that don't trust each other and like they have to work together so it's kind of see to what it's fun to see how that changes throughout the series I also feel like a lot of times in YA, like if you do have a really good friendship, chances are the non-main character friend is going to wind up dying and that's going to be the motivation yeah. for the main character. And that's not fun. Like, we don't like that. <laughs> we like friendship. <laughs> we don't like it as a plot device. <laughs> Side story that's just really funny. We read Crescent City by Sarah J. Maas and I kind of skipped over the plot summary. <laughs> And inside the plot summary, it literally says, like, Bryce's best friend gets murdered. And then it happened in the book. And I was like, oh, my God, I didn't know that was going to happen. 
she was texting me and I I was was like didn't you read the like the summary like didn't you know like I've known that she was gonna die like months before the book even came out I was ready for it I had no idea (laughs) she's like why is she dead like (laughs) why did this happen (laughs) oh my bad so speaking of Sarah J Moss what makes Lee Bardugo different from authors like SJM or Holly Black those to me like I would consider like high fantasy like it's got like the spells and the magic and the like different worlds and stuff and like the high fae and that kind of stuff but the only like magical element is the Grisha and they like try to that's explained as like science basically like a manipulation of like basically like atoms and stuff almost so it's not as like like there's like a practicality to it almost that there's not in their books I feel that was at least what I thought when I was thinking about it Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have anything to add to that. A little bit more like hard magic rules. Yeah. Soft magic. Yeah. Uh, I like sort of the political aspects of it. We're not dealing necessarily like we are dealing with like a king and a queen and their court and stuff. But it talks a lot about like intercountry relationships. It talks a lot about that country versus that country in a like very like political manner that is easier to understand than like oh like this queen hates that queen so they're gonna fight and things like that like it was like very much like oh we have to do trading with this country so we have to be friends with them and like we get all our fish from that country like you know we can't just start a war with them and it was all very logical and um added that layer of sort of plot line basically like it was different in that aspect that I feel like none of the other high fantasy popular series had this one it was like actually used for real life world building versus just like a plot device (laughs) yes yes Yes, absolutely what do you guys feel like makes YA so appealing to you and what would you say to other adults who might think YA might not be worth their time Katie you want to go first (laughs) or you want me to go first I feel like YA has everything a book could possibly ask for it has a lot of internal struggles uh you get a lot of different view- point of views you get political stuff you get romance you get a lot sometimes even a lot of historical based facts like oh this is from you know king arthur's things and and you know a lot of real world mirroring without putting me into the real world with life lessons and things that I can take from it and use in the real world without having to like just read about something that I could go through myself and especially with YA fantasy in that way we're big YA fantasy specific people (laughs) and when it comes to a series this with five six seven eight books in it I don't see that I, I I could see why it would be intimidating but I sometimes don't even think single books single individual novels are (laughs) worth my time anymore which is terrible when I could spend weeks and weeks and weeks in one universe getting to know the whole place and almost calling it like a second home for a while there and that's why I love series like this where they literally created a universe with so many layers that you can dive into and live in for much longer periods of time and again that escapism like oh you know our real world is not as great or as exciting as 
the Grishaverse, and that's why I want to spend more time in the Grishaverse. Russia, what about you? My thought with this is I think a lot of people like especially people our age and like a little bit older like we're technically considered like too old to be reading like YA books we are no longer young adults we fall into the adult category which is unfortunate but I think like Katie said like there's a lot of themes and stuff that you know you can take from YA books and they're explained in such like a almost like a simple manner that it's like kind of hard to miss the point and like miss what the author's trying to tell you but I also think too like they're so easy to read like they're not super wordy they're just like entertaining and they're fun and like the authors do a really good job of like building the worlds without making it too like too much I read I tried to read the Dark Tower or whatever series by Stephen King and I made it like maybe 50 pages in because the character was like walking through a desert for 50 pages and like nothing was happening and it was just too wordy for me like I know Stephen King is like an amazing author and it was like too much like if I'm reading a book I want to be entertained and I don't want to have to think about it like for 20 minutes like okay why is the author making me walk through this desert for 50 pages what is happening he's just looking at sand like there's not much going on And I know some people do like that, but personal preference for me, I'd rather like get to the action. Like there can be lulls in it, but you know, that the reason I'm reading a book is to be entertained. And sometimes older like fantasy books, like Game of Thrones too, is another one that came to mind that like, I read the first two and they're really good. I'm waiting though, because I can't, if he doesn't finish them, I don't think I could read them. I'll be too disappointed and sad that I don't get the ending, but like, I remember having to go back because there was just so much and there was just so many words and like characters with the same name like it was almost too much for me to like sit and just enjoy like it was almost work to read it and I think YA like gives you all the other stuff those books do without all the extra work so you can just read the book like it like the characters like the world and that's it it's not as complex which some people Mm -hmm. enjoy but sometimes I just want to you know read a story and like the story. Yeah, I think I'm the same way. I think I got halfway through the third Game of Thrones book and I was like, you know what? It's a no from me. <laughs> <laughs> we're not reading to, uh, you know, we're not reading an encyclopedia no. for information and to learn things. We're literally just looking for some good old fashioned entertainment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, do you guys like, uh, for these books, do you guys like, because I know you reread them a lot do you like to read it first like on the page or do you like to listen to it I am a strict hard copy I have I don't know how many books in my room like I would always rather have the hard copy of the book to read but like I'm like so I read King of Scars first and now I'm listening to it because I have a bit of a commute for my job so like I like to do the audiobooks while I'm driving and that's strictly all I use them for but if I had to choose and I had the time I would read every single book I own hard copy no ebooks Katie likes the ebooks I do not (laughs) you can read them anywhere from any device any device that you want you can just pick it up and start reading it and that part's cool but like I just like having the book I just like holding it seeing the pages I'm very (laughs) old-fashioned in that way (laughs) I will buy an ebook though if like so like the new Sarah J Bass book just came out and we've been waiting like four years for it 
So I used a gift card and bought the ebook so I could start reading it immediately. But I have the hard copy too. I actually was reading it before this started. So I will buy multiple copies of the same book so I can read it anywhere. But I always want the hard copy. For me, I love ebooks and I love audiobooks. And as far as a series go, it doesn't matter which one, but the whole series has to be one of the two. Like if I start reading, uh, if I start listening to a series, like the whole series is going to be on audiobooks. I can't go from book to audiobook, like within a series. So I do like hard copies of books, but my first choice is like an ebook or an audiobook always for aesthetic purposes. I guess hard copies are really nice. I'm like, I've read so many books and there's only 10 books on my shelf like <laughs> when you come into my hard room. to prove yeah it's I really hard you. to prove <laughs> mm-hmm. when they're all audio books and ebooks but just pull you know. out your kindle and scroll see look at them all <laughs> yes let me just show you how many books I've read I can't download them all at once onto a single device <laughs> but <laughs> they're here I'm kind of in the middle of you guys because I, I either like a hard copy or I like the audiobook. Like I do have a Kindle and I'm the same way. Like if there's something I really want to read, I'm like download right now. But um, normally I either like to like to have the book read to me as I always have since childhood <laughs> or, or um, I just like to have it can in my can hand. Can confirm. Caroline prefers audiobooks if possible sometimes we like our books read to us and Mm -hmm. caroline actually bought me the whole throne of glass set for christmas and that was really nice of her because nobody believed me that i read them all and they're so (laughs) beautiful they're so beautiful i want a new copy mine are all getting a little crusty i lent them to too many people so i now i need a new set oh that is good with brescia she will buy the hard copies and then just give them out to people i did get i didn't I don't give them out. I lend them. I have my own personal library. But for Christmas, my boyfriend got me an embosser. So it says, like, from the library of Alex Brescia. And then it says, read it, love it, return it on the bottom. And I have embossed (laughs) not all of my books yet, but, like, the the important ones that I usually give out to people to to borrow have been embossed. So nobody can ever say, oh, I didn't know I borrowed that from you ever again. Mm -hmm. It bothers me when I don't get my books back. (laughs) I love that. It was the best present I've gotten in a very long time. Awesome. I have stolen quite a few books from quite a few different people by complete accident. It's never Just on purpose. Just due to laziness. Yeah. yeah. And see, and sometimes you don't remember who you borrowed the book from, but this gets rid of all those problems because the second you open it, there's my name. I lent out a book right before quarantine. I lent out The Red Tent, which I read every year. Oh, no. I lent it out right around this time last year. <laughs> And I, I still don't have it back. And I probably won't oh. get it back till we're all vaccinated. No. No, you have to get that back. Tell them yeah. to mail it to you. I listened, I listened to it on, uh, on Libby last year. And that was the first time I read it or, or I listened to it, which was really nice because now I know how to pronounce everybody's names. <laughs> Dinah or Dina. <laughs> That is one of the benefits of audiobooks. I will throw that out there because sometimes, you know, you just say the name in your head and then you like, like, especially with like, so the Shadow and Bone books and stuff. So all the different like levels of the Grisha have these different names. And 
I didn't know how to say any of it. It just kind of was like, okay, that's the people that do this. These are the people that do this. Like those people can control, you know, your body and your blood. Those ones do the wind. Now I kind of know how to say all of them, sort of. Mm -hmm. The burr, Yeah, like that's how I would read it in my head. Like I'd be like, did it it? And we skipped that word. I know what it means. I don't know how to say it. But the audiobooks can teach you. Yeah. I'm so glad I listened to the audiobooks for this series. And I listened to a, a lot more audiobooks than I think. Uh, what were we reading where it was like, how do you pronounce this name? Oh, I the Lunar Chronicles. When I was reading oh, Lunar Chronicles. That's right. That's so I got was. that box set for Christmas and I knew Katie listened to them. So I was reading it and like names would come up and I was like, how do you say this? Like, I don't, I just don't know how to pronounce it. And it bothered me. So I kept texting her. I was like, how do you say this person's name? How do you say this person's <laughs> name? Please tell me. She was very helpful. It is, it is helpful. It is helpful to listen to the books. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. Thanks oh, for having us. This was fun. Thank you for having us. For everyone listening uh, who liked what me and Alex had to say, you can follow us on Bookscapades blog on that's our Instagram handle and that's our Tumblr handle, Bookscapades blog. Thanks, Katie. Thanks, Brescia. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. All right. And thank you all who are listening at home. Have a great day. <laughs>